You're listening to the We Speak Common Podcast Network. For more information and to support the show, head to WeSpeakCommon.com. This week, we're talking about the big bad evil guy in your campaign and how to stop them from getting absolutely walked on by your players. We'll talk about general tips and tactics and then mechanically the different types of big bad evil guys and what you need to think about when setting them up. Welcome to We Speak Common. Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of the D&D podcast for everyone because here we speak common. This is the show brought to you in partnership with the Dice Dungeon, the place to go if you want to get your hands on some really, really nice D&D dice sets. We're talking the more cost effective uh, resin sets. We're talking the premium metal and glass sets and all so much more like the bags of fates the dice rolling trays and of course all the books you need to play the wonderful game dungeons and dragons uh, if you want to go and check out their stock you can there's a link in the description below for this episode and of course if you use the code we speak common at checkout you get yourself 10 percent off your entire order go and have a look we're also brought to you in partnership with describe spelled d-s-c-r-y-b describe is uh, the online destination where creative writers do all the hard work for you professional writers making box text that you can use in your home games there's over seven thousand scenes available for those of you that subscribe to describe oh that's fun to say. Uh, but there's over 500 available for those of you who want to view for free. Check out the link below to get all the details. And of course, if you want to support the show, you can use the code COMMON at checkout to get 10% off your monthly subscription for the first two years. Uh, uh, as ever, we will talk about our partners at some point during this episode. See if you can work out when it will be. Uh, my name's Ben Norris. I am sat in my flat looking at a computer screen with my wonderful friend on it. That was awfully descriptive. Uh, James, how you doing, mate? Yeah, I'm good. I feel like I've I've climbed out of the depths of the UK public school system for for another short time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you've uh, you've had it pretty rough, haven't you? Yeah, just just constant work, but you know it happens. How far off some holidays are you now? Well, a week after this one, we're on half term, and then it's about six weeks. Okay, well that's really nice. I love a half term because it means we get loads of D and D. It does. Uh, and I love um, the summer holidays because it means we get loads of D and D and loads of D and D. We get loads of loads of just general fun in because every, well, three of us are now going to be on teacher timetables, so you know we'll, we'll be extra free. Yeah, um, and it, it sounds great, right? And in theory, if you're sitting listening, going, "Oh, maybe I should get some friends in my D and D group who are teachers don't to get six weeks off to play D and D." No, no, don't do it because for for every game that we play during school holiday time there is at least two games that get cancelled because of the workload that's it parents evening yeah oh i fucking hate parents evening or um what's what's the other one that happens uh september when september rolls around i don't don't think we play a single DD game in september and that's like our always off month yeah i mean oh it's gonna be it's gonna be so bad this upcoming september ben oh Oh, don't tell me that. Why? What's happening this year? Oh, loads of new people, other people going and not coming back. So, you know. Oh. oh. Great. Okay. Well, oh, we'll, 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 cross that, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. 
yeah, I mean, we all know that 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 you'll you'll commit and just play through the night. I mean, look, James, if I if I'm willing to play from anywhere in the world despite time differences, I'm sure you can push your parents' evening or two. Dear <laughs> <laughs> dear, one screen. Uh, parents in front of me, I'm sure that'd go down fantastically. <laughs> uh, yes, yes, Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Yes, Johnny is doing fantastically well. Fuck goblins! <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. Uh, yes, your son is a goblin. Um, <laughs> there's a sketch in that. There must be. Oh, there is. There definitely is. Well, I am. Um, I'm starting to get a little bit better now. Post COVID, I. I mean, you tell me. I think I still sound a little bit weird. Um, you, you're you're pretty much back to normal now. I think a couple of days ago you mm. were still a bit off, but you sound back to normal. I think either that or I've just got a new cover. Oh well, there is that. A couple of days ago I was very hungover though. So when you when you spoke to me, um, that I might have been it. Then. So, <laughs> there was a mix of COVID and also just not having my voice because I was shouting all night. Um, I feel I can still feel it in my throat, but apart from that, I'm all right. I managed to go to the gym on Monday, which is the first time post COVID, which sounds ridiculous and i think it sounds ridiculous when people say wait till you start climbing stairs i thought that was a joke <laughs> genuinely so many people said it's yeah. like oh, this isn't this is a big joke i don't believe it <laughs> my back still hurts yeah. from breathing i'm pretty sure you started to believe the stairs thing when i told you <laughs> mm, yeah it's not it's not fun i don't recommend it don't don't get it don't get it so um i should be completely clear by next week and then um yeah, and then I'm planning another trip away. So who knows? Maybe I'll come back with COVID round two. Do, do you know what though? What's really pissed me off out of all of it is I had it real bad, and then every single member of my family Fine. and Ray, our good friend who has had it now, oh. were like over it in four days. Yeah, well, you know, so I I I worked with it. <laughs> you know. oh, all right all right fine i mean look my 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 worst day was spent sunbathing on a bar, uh, beach in the south of france so you know if there's a yeah. if there's a covid peak well, in france you know my my was, worst day was, me. was sat in a room with 30 children trying to teach them just disclaimer i didn't actually know i had covid at this point yeah, I also want to point out that I didn't know I had COVID <laughs> while I was in France. <laughs> we didn't break the rules intentionally. No. But uh, yeah, yours is definitely worse than mine. Oh. I'm just thankful my work were like, don't you dare fucking come into this office. You, I can stay home until at least next week. <laughs> um, that was very nice. Yeah. And the benefits of working in the UK, uh, we have sick days and sick pay, which is lovely. It is indeed. Um, okay, should we talk about D&D? Probably. That's what we're here for, I think. I mean, this is just an excuse for me to have a fun conversation I mean, and it's, also, it's also write off the tax off all my D&D books. Yeah, a stopgap on the way to Stardew, so you know. <laughs> yeah, we, we went to get together for D&D on Saturday this week, or last weekend, it's a few days ago now, and uh, a typical thing happened where one of the players, like just a... a, a um, maelstrom of events that meant that they forgot they they had a game and then didn't get any of our messages or calls. <laughs> so um, they're very apologetic, but uh, it means that our game didn't happen and we all decided to play Stargy Valley instead and start a farm together, which has reignited my love for that game. It's like crack, and now we're hooked on it. <laughs> Got a lot of experience in that, haven't you, James? So as much. A, as a high school teacher, <laughs> you, you, need, you need a little bit of that goodness to get you through. Um. Sorry, um, boss, anyway. if you're listening, that, that was a joke. 
<laughs> for for any juries listening to this in uh in a court, we are joking. <laughs> okay. Anyway, let's talk about D D. We're gonna get into a topic that I have been oh, do I do I wanna say it? I've been avoiding this one. I'll be honest, because it's it's a it's a difficult topic, I think. And I'm hoping you're going to change my mind. But that is, how do you stop your big, bad, evil guy or girl from getting absolutely curb stomped in your final encounter and it being really anticlimactic? So I think we're going to have to try and talk broadly about techniques at first and then maybe talk about some specifics like oh if your bbg is a spellcaster or if your bbg is a yeah. frontline and things like that um but yeah I, I the first thing i want to say before we go any further and i ask you your opinions is um that we're going to focus on how not to have your bbg just instantly destroyed caveat all of this conversation that's about to come with the fact that if your players have spent weeks and weeks of planning and prep for how they're going to fight the bbg if they've thought about everything they've they've thought of tactics and spells and they've made lists and they've made plans and and counter plans and all of this if they've done all of that and then they get into the combat and they enact it all perfectly and the combat's over in like three rounds that's good yeah that's okay that's not that's a good thing that's not a stomp that's payoff yeah and and i had to learn this the hard way with our um dragon heist game yeah. with you guys absolutely just destroying nilhal or the mind flayer um in, like instantly but you'd planned it for so long like like probably real lifetime like two months yeah. you've been planning but even then joe had been planning it even longer because he knew about nil Halor a lot longer than anyone else being a member of, of the xanathas guild rest their, their souls rest in peace they are now the locksmiths um and so you know it just it was it was great for, it was shit for me yeah <laughs> i was like this is awful and everyone else was laughing clapping high-fiving having a great time and it, it took me a few days to process and to talk to players about it to realize that that was a great outcome yeah we loved it it was it was fantastic just to all that planning preparation and it, it went off with with like without a hitch and it was just we loved it it was so much fun without a hitch but with tension as well, yes. which is what we want. So yeah, so if that happens, like just caveat this whole conversation with that. If that happens, that's that's good. Okay, James, uh, how do you stop your BBEG from getting curb stomped? Well, your BBEG should have, in a really crude way, a brain. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes. Let's be honest, your BBEG chances are it's going to know who your party are and what they're doing. Um, and as such, they might, you know, every guy might escape here or there, fight might be set up, so he can just watch and just sort of mm. figure out how the players operate. And then obviously when it gets to that, that final battle, he's got a few, few fail-safes and he's, he's ready for, for this, you know, if the players have a tactic views every time. Oh no, ready for that one. Mm. I... Yeah, I agree. And I, so this is the thing I try, I try and take this into every combat and regardless of whether it's a big bad evil guy or not, in that the NPCs, for lack of a better phrase, should react 
intelligently. Yeah. So if the players are constantly firing arrows from behind a wall and the the enemies can't get to them, they're going to move so they're not in line of fire. They're not just going to, you know, and they're not all just going to attack one person at a time. They're going to they're going to group up against the one that that is the tank doing the most damage first or maybe they'll go against the wizard first because they've done something stupid to a spell that, that's knocked everyone out. So taking that and elevating it with a BBG is great. Um, there are some good examples I can think of off the top of my head. I've got one. Beholders. As well. Xanatha. Yeah. Paranoid. Has an escape route. Knows where it is, knows how to use it and will will use it. Um, Aserak. In Tip of Annihilation, this isn't a spoiler, don't worry. Uh, obviously, Lich, uh, ancient, very clever uh, knowledge of the universe. Uh, he, in, in the way I have planned him, apart from the fact that I've made him near impossible to destroy, because you guys are near impossible to destroy, um, he will come into the battle... And it's situational. He's not the, he comes in like mid battle because obviously you're there for the soul mod, you're yeah. there for him. So he'll come into the battle, see you all there and go, ah, oh, puny humans, uh, or tieflings slash insert race here. Um, ah, let me kill you. And then he'll do something. And if it works, he'll go, oh, that worked. I'll do it again, but bigger. And if it didn't work, he'll go, oh, that didn't work. I'll try something else. And so on and so on, like a scientist, he will keep testing things until he's, at, you know, until you're three rounds in and he's worked out, okay, you're weak to this, you're weak to that, you are terrible at, at staying on your feet, you're bad at this, you're great at this thing. And so then he'll use his attacks in ways that capitalize on your weaknesses, but he has to learn as he goes, yeah. um, which is a, it's a, another great fun way of keeping them clever and like oh you're the guy with the sword that i need to stay away from okay well i can fly so i'm gonna hover above this lava pit <laughs> like it's just common sense man yeah so what's your example well my example was was um Arathator, the the dragon which you guys all thought um, um you know you need the spellcaster you need the spellcaster relied on sight there you go boom can't see anymore um, you know, I, I, I hate this dragon <laughs> with a passion. Um, but yes, true. Yeah. Um, and then the, the other thing as well, um, they can run away. Mm. Yep. If, if they don't know what's going on, they've probably got a, an escape route. You know, you don't become a, a big bad evil guy without having a way out. Um, well, surely a big bad evil guy has henchmen, right? That as well, you know. I... Toss a few bodies in the way. Yeah, well, that's not what I meant, but yeah, that's a, that is a tactic. Um, you absolutely to toss a few bodies in the way. I did that with Jalaxel when you were after him. <laughs> Dragon Heist. You guys... Yeah, okay, shush you. You're so proud of yourself. I know. You guys <laughs> came out of the vault and he was there waiting for you to be like, okay, well done. Hand over the dragon staff and the, go the gold. Um, here are my men that are going to ruin you if you don't. And you were like, men, <laughs> we, we just barking with a I dragon. see nothing around here but dead men. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a great line. Um, and so... You know the fight. The fight starts, and uh, Jarlaxle stays at the back and uh, is throwing daggers and doing his thing, and then sees that it's not going his way and turns and pegs it. Um, and you guys run after him, and through the use of 
dashing and magic manage to catch up to him just as he gets to his two other people that he's had waiting at the end of the hall in case he runs up who are there ready to cast teleport um so he had his escape plan i mean you foiled it but he had his escape plan and you know at that point there's there's nothing he could do except get defeated and literally beg for his life which he did do and you did give him and i'm very thankful for that you're welcome i mean um, i'm welcome as well because i've been using him and enjoying him <laughs> yeah well yeah because we should we dm in the same world yeah. don't we? so um yeah so you know it have those plans have yes they can run away they the big bad evil guy does not want to die um obviously no one wants to die but even more so unless maybe they're crazed cosmic power and then they might not give a fuck but um <laughs> have an escape plan if the escape plan gets foiled your pcs have won that is another way of them winning the fight yeah oh. mm. i also want to talk about and i was going to talk about this at the beginning before we really jumped into things but we, we got carried away with ourselves uh that there are different levels of bbeg yeah um depending on the type of campaign you're playing so you said earlier uh oh the bbeg probably you know most likely knows about the the party right yeah and that is i think the most common uh scenario but you can have bbgs where they're uh like a serac doesn't know anything about the party in tomb of annihilation he knows or for, for our adventure at least he knows that um you know there are adventurers who are trying to stop the death curse and he's like hmm try i suppose in like in terms of level there what you're talking about is the difference between um i suppose a bbg who for who death is an actual concern and yes and no because oh. that's another level for me i think like so with a serac like yeah death is no concern but it my my point i'm making is that he he doesn't know Braylar and runa ronan he doesn't know these people yeah. he just knows i've done a thing and there are people trying to stop that thing but it's fine because in stopping that thing they're going to go through my murder dungeon die and then feed that thing yeah uh, which is his whole gimmick right i mean look at tomb of horrors and then when he eventually turns up if you do get to the Solmonger and start destroying it he'll turn up and go Oh, so so you guys actually made it this far. That's impressive. Now let me snap your lives away in the blink of an eye. Um, whereas you could have a villain who, you know, if you're playing a a lesser tier, like a one to five tier, yeah. who is just a, a mob boss in in a village or a town who who knows exactly who you are because he runs a spy network and he's been following you. And so when you turn up, he has information and all of your weaknesses already yeah. and stuff like that which is a very different experience and you can set up very differently i suppose rather than fear of death it is more like literal power level as it were that that is yeah the fear of death is another great one though because yeah. like you say unless you've got a lich's um phylactery they're not going to worry about death and unless you've got um i don't know <sighs> With a Dracolich, let's say you're fighting. I mean, I was trying to think of a different example that wasn't a Lich, but I've gone just into a dragon version. Well, if, you, if there's another if body nearby, they'll use it. Yeah, you know? or if you're fighting, like, I don't know, a devil on the material plane. Like, yeah, yeah. You know, you know sure, yeah. right. Yeah, might get lots in the for a little while. But you know what? If I'm going, I'm going to fucking take you with me. 
<laughs> yeah, and what's what's a hundred years in the grand scheme of things yeah. to a devil? You know? Um so yeah, that can change things too. And that those are the type of fights that I think are great for those higher tier games because they're the ones that'll they'll they'll go to the death, yeah. right? When you fight Serac, if you defeat him, he'll die, he'll disappear, he'll reform 10 days later, and then he'll come and find you and say, ha, huh, well done. <laughs> I get now let's do it again, and this time I'm going to win, <laughs> because I know everything about you. Um, and like the devil example, they'll just come back in 100 years and fucking have a vengeance. Yeah, you know, you know you, your adventurer might be there in his bed at 90 years of age, and the devil just saunters in. And just, you know, pushes the feeble old man over, like, hey. (laughs) Or, even scarier, it comes for your kids. Yeah. Because your lineage is alive, you know? You thought you defeated him, and here he comes, back again for more. Yep. Um, But yeah, those those are big... uh, Big things to consider with... um, with the BBG and, and how they're going to act and, and what they're going to do. So what are their, and again, it goes back to those cornerstones. What are their bonds, their personality traits? What are their beliefs? What are their ideals? What are they trying to do? What's their goal? Will that change how they act? Um, and in a lot of, uh, a lot of scenarios, it changes it to make them more protective of themselves, which then makes them harder to kill, yeah. which then makes them harder to just get curb stomped. Like, you know, if you've got a really paranoid person or if you've got someone who, who you know, the, the BBG's trying to do a ritual and he knows the ritual's going to take 10 minutes, that's, that's a long time in combat. So he's going to set up levels of things to protect him and stop the players from just walking yeah. in and stabbing him in the back and that being the end. Yeah, you'll, you know, nine times out of 10 or rather 99 times out of 100 to make a bit more. Uh, rare your players shouldn't just be able to walk mm. straight into the bbg but, no. like unless they want them to yeah yeah um you know they their resources quite often should or will be drained by the time they get there um mm. you know and perhaps a couple of those encounters along the way they really do test the players and you know that thing they had planned for the bbg had to use it mm. now they've got to come up with a and new that plan that's why before you fought Nanny Poo Poo, I threw a mummy lord at you. Yeah, well, you know, I got all my shit back on a short rest. None of it helped. You did, and <laughs> this is... Wait, no, I mean, you did still die, but this is the thing. You you need to, as a DM, have those things in place that are going to use up player resources and then have a way to stop the players from just resting right before the boss fight. Yeah. Um, and there are lots of creative ways to do that. Patrolling enemies. Um, just the fact that there isn't a safe space to rest. Um, you know, sometimes the, the environment's BBG, too inhospitable. Yeah, or or even the BBG just like, oh, you're going to rest for seven hours? Okay, well, I guess I'll just enact my plan and win then. Wait, wait I I had you guys do that on me. I think was really? it you guys or was it the other group? Um, it was. Oh, I can't remember which one it was. It was in the um. You know, the 16 to 20 event trials running. And yes. um, you guys went, when it was if you guys or someone else, you went into the crit, you sort of beat like the, 
or it was this other group. They beat like the sort of, the sort of mini boss, as it were, before the, the the final sort of boss room, and then they're like, mm. "Oh, we're gonna rest." And so they, they 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 rested, and then they just kind of opened the door into this last room, expecting this big confrontation. And it was just and and the guy was just sat there like, "Oh, hello, I've 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 got what I wanted." You, I think that was. I think it was I you guys. He's like, I got what I wanted. Uh, how are you guys? Yeah. And sort of like had a conversation yeah, with then, you. They just went bye. Fucked yeah, <laughs> off. Phoebe flirted. Yeah, with him. I remember that. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, <laughs> and we were like so confused. We we're like, what's going? Yeah, because then I think I remember Joe was like, "Where's all the loot? Where's all the treasure?" And I'm like, "It's gone. He's taken it." <laughs> Which is the right thing. Yeah. He did the right thing there. Um, yeah, absolutely. Oh. Um, yeah, I think. The, the 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 simplest way I, and the simplest piece of advice I can give is to just become your BBG for a little bit. Now I don't mean go on a homicidal rampage. Just put yourself in their mind. I mean those are fun too. But put yourself in your mindset and in their mindset and sit and think about like okay. What's their plan? Why are they doing it? What's their backstory? Really get into their shoes and then think okay. I have everything I need. I have the space. I have the time. But I know that there's this plucky band of adventurers coming to to put a stop to it. What would I do? No matter what, I want this thing to to happen. Because take take yourself out of the DM chair where you're like, okay, well, I need it to be balanced and I need there to be a chance for the players to win and a chance for the enemy to win. But not really because suspension of disbelief and storytelling. and Forget all of that. Just put yourself in that big bad evil guy's shoes and fully commit to being the one that wins and plan that way that write all that down yeah. then put your dm hat back on and go okay i mean this is great but there's no way they're gonna beat him now <laughs> so how do i roll it back just a step or two yeah to make it achievable i remember doing a really fun version of that with, with abaddon in descent um ah uh, yes so you yes you, my you, my long lost love yeah you didn't actually fight abaddon but instead you you sort of fought one of her well aruvian's souls children thing and um it, sorry sorry hang on i need to stop you there and just clarify that aruvian was a player character yeah. whose children had died and then james made us pit fight against this horrific disgusting like body horror creature killing it uh, thinking it would save the souls well it would have done had you killed this, it normally this, <laughs> but we didn't we didn't kill it normally did we james no. because we're not normal people <laughs> how what did we do you, we you, like used you start the, the, like you literally vaporized half of the devils in the room <laughs> we nuked we nuked a bar we nuked yeah. a devil bar um, um which also nuked the, this player's children's souls the, and it was the fun part of that was, was a, a sad Ab- abaddon knew uh where, you know where's his character's a swashbuckler and Abaddon yep. knew that he worked well when he was up against, you know, a solo enemy on their own. And so what yep. Abaddon did is she hid her familiar on um on the creature. And so that way, um, a lot of his swashbuckling tools weren't sort of available. And you guys didn't well, eventually you did, you killed it. Um, but you guys never actually noticed it, but you then did kill it, obviously, when you kind of nuked the damn place. 
I, 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 again, how are we meant to notice a familiar on a creature that has six arms, three heads, and is crying for its mother and father? Yeah. Oh, I, it, I, it went. It, I, it, I don't think you understand how how traumatized we were, James. Oh no, I do. I do, Ben. I do. <laughs> um, uh, I would say, God rest their souls, but their souls no longer exist on this plane of existence. Nope. So, or any plane of existence. To, to be frank oh, gone um, burnt to ashes <laughs> well no not even ashes no, no they just don't exist anymore yeah. it's, it's even worse than that um, so yes I mean yeah I, I can't remember what your point is now I've, I've got so I'm remembering that creature uh, um, you know that's, that's just the idea of you know, she wasn't even a BBEG really um, but mm. that's just an example of, of you know somebody intelligent looking at who they're up against and thinking you know what I'm going to level the playing field a bit yeah. here um, I'm, yeah. I'm going to do this thing, mm-hmm. and it, and it worked. It worked well, and it in in the moment it felt it was a great fight, and it was tense, and we thought we were all going to die. And when I remember going into it, she was like, "Oh yeah, just fight my champion," and we were like, "Cool, what like a bearded devil? Like that's yeah. what we've been fighting so far. <laughs> like let's do it." And yeah, it, it wasn't it wasn't that, was it? No. Um. Okay, let's talk about how to stop your BBG getting stomped on a mechanical level. Um, and this is where we're going to have to like talk about where, well, okay, let's imagine this BBG is a spellcaster and let's imagine this BBG is a, is a melee combatant. Uh, but first let's, let's talk about the most important thing that's going to stop them getting stomped. And that's a sick ass set of dice oh. because we all know your dice roll better if they're shit hot. I mean, I mean, just just as an example here, you know, you know this this fight with with Nanny Poo Poo we had, you know, yeah, we we were I was critting for days with my dice dungeon dice Ben. You actually, I think you got like four, like four, it was like you easily got like three crits in a row, but you got like six in one night. Yeah, it was fucking glorious. It was. I, I don't. I don't think there is only one other game. I've played in where I have critted that many times <laughs> and I thought I'd never see it happen ever again. And yet you still died. I mean, I mean you know, come on, you know, it was unavoidable, but you know, we almost did it. If not for, mm. not for fucking Ronan. <laughs> yeah. I mean, a player did turn against you. She did only have 60 hit points left at the end, but there we go. Um, yes. A beautiful set of dice will make you crit. It's guaranteed that it's it's guaranteed. Although, please read the T's and C's on the Dice Dungeon website where crits are not guaranteed. Um, they've got amazing sets of dice. Uh, literally, like countless sets now, from resin to metal to glass uh, and beyond. And they're a- across so many different price ranges. So, if you go and you have a look and you think, I I really want to treat myself, or maybe a player or a DM to a new set of dice, but I can't spend. 60 quid on some beautiful glass dice hey don't worry have a look at their equally beautiful resin sets um so many different sets to choose from and actually if you are buying a gift for someone can i recommend a bag of fates or a deluxe bag of fates they are the two different bags that you can get that are across two different price ranges of dice and you don't know which set you're going to get it's completely random um as if fated and there are some sets that you can only get in that way so there are unique sets in bags of bags of fate that you can't get any other way you can't buy them separately uh, the guys lovingly sent um us some bags and i remember uh, phoebe opened a bag uh, i opened a bag i got a set you could just buy she got a very very rare set 
and I was very jealous. So <laughs> there we go. Uh, go and check out Dice Dungeon. There's a link in the description below. Um, enjoy it. Have a browse. And if you do buy dice bags, dice rolling trays, um, books for D&D, because of course there are new books coming out very soon, then use the code we speak common to check out to get 10% off your entire order. We're also brought to you in partnership with a company called Describe. D-S-C-R-Y-B is how it's spelled. Put a .com on the end. That's their website. And you can go there to flavor up the way your boss works, whether it's describing a spell that they're casting, their lair, or maybe them themselves, they're a certain type of creature. Describe has professional creative writers writing amazing box text for you to use in your games. There's over 7,000 scenes available right now. It's growing. They add to them every single week, uh, 500 of which, just over 500, I think, are available for you to look at and use right now completely for free. Uh, but if you want complete access, you can subscribe and get 10% off every month for the first two years using the code COMMON at checkout. Uh, and if you're a player, they've got stuff specifically for you too. So not just, you know, describe a rock troll or describe a, a a portal to the abyss that's that is one of them that literally there's thousands it blows my mind uh, but they have things like i cast magic missile and i use a, a healing kit and those are made specifically for you as a player to read out of the table so if you want to increase your flavorful uh, retellings and fill your players and dm's imaginations describing your character they've got you covered as well Go and check them out. As always, links in the description below. You'll be helping the podcast out a little bit if you use those codes. And you'll be getting great stuff you did in D-Games. Okay. What, um, what type of BBG do you want to start with, James? Should we do a spellcaster, a combat person, let's, a sit-back-and-let-minions fight? Let's do spellcaster because you know, they're everybody's favourite. They're the ones everybody loves. They're the most interesting quite often. They're also the squishiest. They are. It's the one they're most likely to get stomped as it were as they are like a squishy bug mm. so the first thing i want to say is i think the most common thing you will see and that's the dnd 5e isn't made in a way that lets your party go up against one monster uh, and it's true the action economy will absolutely destroy them um so obviously the most easiest thing you can do is to give your bbg some minions that is the easiest. And I suppose, uh, along with that, if you are thinking about action economy, there is one other option uh, with, with a spellcaster in that. They will, they will try and turn that action economy in their own favour, whether they've got minions or not. Okay, this is true. How would you do that? Um, so the, the way I do that is look at the, the spells they have available to them. You know, there might be a few, few glyphs around the room, things which kind of cause players to, to lose turns or have to spend a turn doing something which, you know, perhaps allows them to survive, but doesn't allow them to put out any, any particular harm. Uh, you know, they might have their room set up in a certain way. So, you know, the players have to spend time getting to them before they can do anything serious. Um, mm. You know, spellcasters are usually pretty intelligent and so would, would have things set up how they like. They're also, I like that because they're also very ranged. Yeah. And so if they've got the, if they've got like a maze, the players have to run through before they get so they can sit up top and just fire off firebolts and fireballs and magic missiles from a, a vantage point. That's, that's a lot of fun. Yeah. Oh, 
I um like to I like to use magic in a really outlandish way with spellcasting villains as well. So things like fly, yeah, is ridiculous. Yeah, and the and describing a, a body just. Uh, flinging around the sky is like nuts um but having a having a bbg who has a ring of flying or like has fly cast on them by a spell casting minion is great because they can fly out of reach of everyone and just drop fireballs and lightning bolts and that's good fun so things like that um things like oh i'm a magic user so i have a magic item that gives me a, a free spell like a sphere of annihilation that's a fun one yeah they're scary um there's that spell as well that i always felt the contingency there we go mm-hmm. that's a fun one yes so they you know yeah they might have a few contingency spells cast if they they're worried things are going to happen that they refresh at certain times and so if the players come at them at, you know at a wrong time or when their contingencies are up you know uh, it might be simple things like, oh, no, somebody's tried to tap me, boom, mage armor's on. Or yep. somebody's chucked, I don't know, a rock at me, boom. It's, I've cast <laughs> Levitate on the rock and it doesn't hit me. Like, um, That's a very specific <laughs> contingency. Well, you, some, you know, a wizard might be particularly paranoid about a certain method of death, Ben. So I, oh, yeah, this is true. I love contingency because it's a spell, like, as a player, it's a really, like, it's quite situational but as a dm it's one of those ones that really works in this situation um i am just trying to find uh the stat block we made for modern oh yeah because he is a very particular spellcaster who has contingency so contingency you cast it once and it lasts for eight days right eight days um and you use it to create the effects of another spell yeah um so here's contingency where is it? The stat block is so big. Uh, right. Once every... Oh, it lasts 10 days. Once every 10 days, Morden Kanan casts a contingency spell to trigger in the event of, of A... Oh, yeah. This is very, very specific wording. A, Staff of the Magi, uh, being broken. So he has a Staff of the Magi, um, and it has the effect that Staff of Power has, where if you break it in half, uh, it blows up. And anyone immediately next to it gets vaporized and there's, there's loads of damage in a radius. And uh, there's like a 50% chance that when you break it, you might teleport, you might not. So he has this contingency that uh, says, uh, in the event that Staff of Magi is broken, thus activi- activating its uh, retributive strike ability within 30 feet of him. So the complete radius. Uh, the effect of the spell triggering is equivalent to a dimension door teleporting modern canaan a hundred feet away to safety um so great if his staff of the magi ever breaks he can teleport away if someone else breaks his that breaks the staff of his staff of the magi or another one near him great he teleports away if he's really losing the fight he can break his own staff and know he'll be absolutely fine he 100 percent will teleport away as long as the contingency hasn't already been activated Where's the loophole, though, James? The loophole is, well, what if your player, I don't know, like a, a wizard who now is the um, the Black Staff's apprentice, let's say, <laughs> had a Staff of Power, yeah. which is not a Staff of the Magi, but does have the Retributive Strike feature. Indeed. Uh, in which case, 
he would not teleport away and his contingency wouldn't work. So there's still a loophole in there, but he is clever enough to have gone, I have this, uh, I'm basically carrying a nuke around with me that could destroy me at any moment. So I'm going to have a thing in place in case I have to activate it or it gets stolen from me by uh, a swift-handed rogue. It happens to the best of us and they break it. Yeah. Yeah. Spellcasters, um, I, I like to picture spellcasters as, um, you know, especially if you're thinking about like a lich or just a really old spellcaster, is they like to cocoon themselves in like protective enchantments and and those mm-hmm. little contingencies and stuff. Um, because, you know, the, the little spellcasters, they're paranoid about losing all of their power. What's the spell that puts a bubble around you that nothing can get through? Um, oh, it's uh, like Otterluke's Resilient Sphere, I think. Yeah, um, and like you roll around like you're in a hamster ball for like an hour or something. That's a fun contingency to have on. Yeah. If someone attacks me, I, my hamster ball activates <laughs> and I just walk away. Oh my God. Can you, can you imagine like a little space, space hamster with like a little magic ring that does that for him if, if somebody attacks oh him just like Wee! <laughs> that's incredible that's how ha- it's happening in, in cosmic yeah. way now it's it's confirmed it will happen um a giant space hamster as yeah well. not a miniature giant space hamster a full-size giant oh. hamster in a giant hamster uh, ball. rolling hamster ball sphere <laughs> yeah um the other one with spellcasters is to just give them an out like have they got an instant getaway, for example, plane shift or teleport or something like that. Um, the the loophole, I guess, for lack of a better word, we've already used it once, is that it takes time to cast and there might be a wizard in the party yeah. who can counterspell or can polymorph them and turn them into a worm and drop them from a high height or something like that. Time stop is fun. Um, oh god time stop yeah th- th- really i think the the th- before we get absolutely sideboarded by just talking about amazing spells that your bbg wizards could have what we're saying is that there are lots of spells that are really good for making your wizard slash sorcerer slash whatever bbg powerful and stop them from getting completely wiped but you still need to think about the fact that they're squishy maybe have them far away put some barriers between them put some minions in make them clever again they're intelligent anyway yeah i think like all that stuff realistic what it all comes down to and i'm I'm gonna plug the book again even though we've spoken about it before is like the the monsters Mm -hmm. know what they're doing um, and uh, more of the monsters know what they're doing or whatever the sequel's yeah, called well, I've got that one um, you know, it's, I have it, it's, it's on my bookshelf I can't just can't yeah. see it from here it's, it's that idea that you know, creatures, monsters they're, they're going to play to their strengths um, and I've checked it, it's called more monsters know what they're doing yeah um, oh, okay <laughs> <laughs> James is now showing my, it to me on my, camera my, my so. bookshelf is literally in arm's reach um, okay good uh, As you know, they're going to play to their strengths, and you know, if you're talking about intelligent creatures, they're they're intelligent enough to try and shore up those weaknesses. Mm-hmm. I agree. Uh, okay, let's talk about BBGs who are going to get up in the frontline combat. So this could be, you know, a paladin or a death knight, or it could be some sort of cosmic horror that just has a lot of melee attacks. These are anyone who's going to be on the front line. So how do we stop them from just getting circled by the party and then getting hit a bunch of times? Um, again, the obvious answer is just give them buckets and buckets of HP, but that's boring. No, these are the type of people that are going to have minions. 
you know, one hundred percent. Um, a a paladin BVG. He's gonna have followers, right? He's he's gonna have people that follow him, want want to also be part of like his order, that type of thing, and you know they're gonna be devoted to him, and so literally that their entire function in that fight might literally just be to you know poke away at those trying to get him or to just get in the way you know dishing out those opportunity mm-hmm. attacks imposing disadvantage um all those things forcing the players to divert their attention away from the main threat um you know it, you know and if those players choose to just plain focus that main threat it's gonna cost them mm-hmm. um because you know those minions yeah that they're still gonna hurt as well if you don't deal with them yeah, and I th- I feel like as well if you've got uh, a BBG who's like just a straight up fighter or something like just a straight up combatant, they're gonna have minions that are more than that. They're gonna have the wizard apprentice yeah. minion and the minion who has the the ability to I don't know call on the spirits of the dead or something. Far no, they're gonna have special minions who potentially could draw the player's focus as. Uh, they, we, we should probably deal with them first. Yeah, and I, I think it's about that could, you know, when we were talking about prepare, players preparing earlier, you know, if, if they do their research and they find this out, you know, like with Nihilor, they might take out those minions at another time and place to stop them being there at that sort of final fight. And I think that, that adds in an extra fun aspect for your players is almost like a puzzle mm. to solve. Or if they fail to do that, that last fight's going to be harder. Hmm. Yeah, and like e- these minions can be minions that maybe have cast Death Ward on the BBG, yeah. or maybe they are healing throughout the part uh, throughout the, the combat, and so the player's like, "Oh yeah, we're going to go in and we're going to stomp the big bad," but you're like, "Well, no, you're probably going to want to focus on the wizard and the cleric who are just constantly piling hit points back into the yeah. the, the the big bad evil guy every round, which is probably pissing you off more as a player." <laughs> um. um. I think as well with like your your melee fighters, especially ones which are high sort of burst damage, um, mm. they're gonna probably you know look like a Serac. They're gonna assess the party and figure out who the biggest threat to them is. And if if they've got burst damage, they are gonna go straight to that big threat, and they are just gonna boom and try and yeah. take that threat out. Yeah, I I love having a. Uh a main boss who focuses yeah. and systematically wipes the party. Um, and it can be tricky to do because if you, if you have a boss who's focusing the party have, well, for every one evil guy, there's what f- three other party members yeah. on average. So they've got three people focusing on him. So you've got to really be careful and make sure they have ways of surviving that. Yeah. But if they, if they're doing that, you know, every single person they take out, that party yeah. is going to get weaker and not be able to deal yeah, with it. Yeah. That's, that's where legendary resistances can be very important as well. So, you know, say, say the guy wants to focus that heavy sort of melee damage output person, but at the same time, the party has, mm. a, you know, like a control mage or something. who's trying to cast polymorph and stuff on them every turn. They just, that they can shrug it off because they've they've got that legendary resistance. Um, it, it gives them time to output their damage and do what it is they can do. Yeah, exactly. And and legendary actions again is another big one. Have you got? Um, the, remember that your enemy, your typical combatant with legendary actions, has an extra three actions each round yeah like use those have they got a free movement without an opportunity attack 
oh my God, use that. That's one of the most powerful legendary actions out there. And everyone ignores it. Yeah, no, that, that was... It's like, why, why, why would I move if I can cast a spell? Because you can move without any fear of being here. Yeah, and, and that, is, that is quite big, that ability for them to, to reposition at a time when the players aren't prepared for them repositioning necessarily can be really powerful. Yeah, yeah, um, 100%. And on our ideas of legendary actions, we, we've already done an entire, an entire episode on this, but this... The mythic thing, um, you, know, you, yeah. you can't just stomp a mythic thing because you stomp them and then they get back up again. <laughs> well, I was thinking, is the answer just to make your big bad evil guy a mythic creature? But I think that's a cheap answer. It can be, yeah. Very short. Um, it would have been a very short. Well, you know, for those BBGs where it's appropriate, that you know, that they might be a mythic creature, and 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 that does stop those straight in bombs and your players just stomping something because. There's a phase two. Yeah, and, and phase twos uh, just mean they get stronger, they get scarier, and they live longer. So yeah. you, you, you literally, yeah, you cannot stomp them. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean technically you, you did stomp them. So maybe that's a nice win-win because you, haha, well done, you stomped them, but they've got more hit points, lol. Yeah. That's, I suppose that's the other cheap option as well. They weren't really the BPG. <laughs> I've, I've seen yeah. that one a few oh, times. Oh. Well, they, that goes back to my thing about talking about how there are different types of BBGs in the sense that there's the BBG that the players think is the boss and then you, you they kill them and find out that, oh, there's actually been someone pulling the strings this whole time, yeah. which is a great a great plot twist to pull if your players blitz through a campaign far too quickly for your life. Yeah, you know, they don't investigate. They don't have a note keeper who could note those things mm-hmm. together. Or you have players like mine who constantly theorise and you're sitting there going, oh, that's, a, that's actually a really good <laughs> maybe, I'll, maybe I'll use that and I'll make you feel good for figuring it out early. Yeah. And pretend it was my idea the whole time, the whole, whole way through. Um, so we've, we've, we've done spellcasters, we've done, we've done melee fighters. Um, I feel like the they're the two, two main ones. The rest are kind of all mixes of that. Yeah. You've got like a monster who has a few spells but can also get up in combat or you know things like that and i think for them it's you've just got to be able to adapt yeah like you may have a plan for for what they're going to do but being able to change that on the fly is how you're going to stop them from just getting warped yeah um have you got any other lasting tips um i don't think so i think we've 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 kind of covered what i'd i'd sort of say other than what you're saying is that is that this is a perfect podcast episode and, and we've, we've done the job. Oh, you can't say that to me, Ben, because then I immediately want to say no. <laughs> yeah, of course, of course. Um, no, yeah, just, just be aware of what your BBEG can do, what they would be likely to do, and remember to use those things like legendary actions, which do give them a one-up and an advantage and kind of turn that action economy back in their favour, because that's usually what makes them get stomped. It's action economy, I think. Yeah, action economy is is the big one to think about. Don't set them out on their own. And if you do, make sure there's there's walls, maybe not physical ones, sometimes physical ones between your players, characters and your BBG. Just give them give them something to go yeah. through. And I mean, we've talked about the idea of like minions with one HP before and things like that. Like just little extras, just little yeah. things, because minions with one HP are fun to kill as a player. Yeah. Um, but they slow 
they slow you down. They use up your action economy and, and think about your planning and prep ahead of time. Yeah. Uh, you know, do I put in a mini boss beforehand to wipe away some of those resources? And, and, if, and if you're a player listening to this and thinking, oh, oh dear God, um, some of these things, you know, apply to you as well. You know, if you're playing in a party and um, you're fighting something, consider if I do this thing, will that thing then have to waste its turn doing something else instead? Um, because mm. as a very tactically minded player, sometimes that's the line of thinking I've gone with. It's, yeah, sure, I've not dealt 50 points of damage. But he's now had to spend his turn escaping a grapple or climbing out of a pit or dealing with this other thing. It's it yeah. all adds up. Yeah, one hundred percent, definitely. Cool. Well, I think we're going to leave it there. Thank you very, very much, James. Um, please don't ever run a BBEG for me as a player. I I don't think I could live to tell the tale. Well, we'll, um, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> but by all means please be a player against mine I'd love to watch you squirm um, if you want to get involved with the podcast you can we are on Twitter we are at We Speak Common we're on Instagram at We Speak Common or on Facebook We Speak Common Pod and of course if you want to send us an email you can We Speak Common at hotmail.com uh, the best way though to get involved with the show is via the We Speak Common Discord which currently you can only get to if you're a member of our Patreon. If you want a link to that, there's one in the description. It's also on all the social media pages and it is the best and most straightforward way to support this podcast network and the creation of more shows like this one. So if you enjoy hearing these chats, if you enjoy uh, getting involved with the conversations and you want to support us, then that is the way to do it. It gets you access to the Discord where you can get involved in convos, you can see behind the scenes stuff and you can even guest on the show itself as well. If that's not your thing though, sharing it with a like-minded D&D group near you is the other best way to support us. Um, Cool. Have a wonderful rest of your day, evening, weekend, whatever time of day and year it is that you're listening to this, whether you've got work, gym, or just going to lie in bed listening. Um, did I say watch? You can't watch this. <laughs> well, you suppose you could look at your screen whilst you listen. Yeah, yeah maybe you could do maybe that. Maybe you've got like a, a, wave, a waveform thing which you like to stare at, you know. Who knows? Yeah, I mean, if you really wanted to, you could go and find a picture of me and James on social media and look at that while you listen. I mean, it's a bit weird, yeah. but... It's, it's an option. Uh, it's been a long day, so we'll leave you there. Um, thanks for enjoying the show. We'll see you next week. We'll hear you. We won't hear you. You'll hear us. No one will see anyone because no one wants stalkers. It'll happen. Same time, same place next week. James, thank you very much. I'm going to stop oh, talking yeah, now. Thanks, Abby. See you. <laughs> see you later. for listening to the we speak common podcast network if you enjoyed the show be sure to leave a review on your platform of choice and share us with a friend or dnd group near you if you'd like to directly support the network and the production of new shows like the one you heard today head to the description of this episode or our social media pages for a link to our patreon page you can connect with the show on twitter instagram and facebook at we speak common the network theme is Street Dancing by Timecrawler82 and is held under a Creative Commons 4.0 license. You can find it on the Free Music Archive.